Wait on your knees. Don't touch that dial. You want to hear this? It's about sex. Night Moves, a sex talk show full of information, interviews, and inquiries. Each week we bring you current research and sexuality, a guest interview. After that, we'll answer questions from listeners like you. I'm your host, Ann Hardy. As a registered nurse, I talk to male patients about erectile dysfunction. I'm Kay Crow, ASEX certified sex therapist in private practice and local sexpert to those who are curious. I'm Ray, your friendly man about town. I'm a guy who's been around the block a bunch of times, and I'm here to share opinions to help get you laid and keep you safe. Welcome to Night Moves, an exploration of contemporary sexuality. This week, we're exploring sexual arousal from music. We've all experienced the power of music to take you to a different time and place. But what does it do for sexuality? We'll look at what the research says. Our guests are a couple of musicians from the band Slow Cook out of Austin, Texas. I'll be talking to them about life as a musician and the effect on music on sexuality. Then we'll answer your questions from email. Night moves. Answering the questions you can't ask. Welcome to Night Moves, an exploration of contemporary sexuality. This week, we're exploring sexual arousal for music. Charles Darwin said, within the framework of his theory of evolution, that music is developed through sexual selection. The motor and cognitive abilities necessary for making music serve as an indicator of good genes and thus increase reproductive success. An example could be the singing of birds in the mating season. Both male and female humans, before acquiring the power of expressing their mutual love in articulate language, endeavored to charm each other with musical notes and rhythm, according to Darwin. I think I would have to kind of agree with that. So that was from 1871. Did you know that music was recommended as an aphrodisiac in the Kama Sutra? Oh, yeah. No, but it makes sense. Currently, there are a few empirical findings that measure sexual arousal from music. But we'll present what research is available. Evolutionary psychologist Jeffrey Miller, in his book, Evolution of Human, Music Through Sexual Selection, asserts that musical ability confers reproductive advantage in the same way that physical beauty does. Musical ability suggests a healthy brain, and, at least in men, a deep voice correlates with a larger frame. I believe Darwin is in support of Miller's theory, too. The quality of a male bird's song improves their reproductive success. And uh, high musical ability positively correlates with high IQ, and practicing music may actually increase the general IQ. Uh, Vinkhuizen showed through studies of twins that musical talent is heritable to your offspring. 
My uh, offspring may have inherited from their father, but they sure didn't inherit it from me. But I did give them five years of piano lessons. Piano teachers used to tell us that children that take piano lessons do a lot better in math. They at least know how to use their fingers to your advantage. In 2012, Spotify commissioned a study led by music psychologist Dr. Daniel Mullen-Siphon of Goldsmith University of London. In interviewing 2,000 people, he examined the link between music and sexual arousal from a neuroscientific perspective. The results of this study revealed that almost half of respondents admitted that they were more turned on by certain songs than they were by the touch of their partners. Spotify actually has developed an aphrodisiac playlist entitled Music for Hot Lovers. They also have one, includes selections for each sexual situation. I wonder if they have one for medium lovers. They have one for BDSM. You th- you would think that all of the playlist with the hot music would be for the people who were cool because mm-hmm. they need that. What mm-hmm. are the people about that are already hot? They need cool music. Researchers at McGill University conducted a brain scanning experiment that monitored people while they listened to music that they selected that give them goosebumps. And the results showed that 15 minutes after listening to those songs, people's brains were flooded with dopamine. Maybe that's why music appears to be such an aphrodisiac. Turns out that the parts of the brain that are positively stimulated by drugs, food, and sex are similarly impacted by music. And when you say appears, it, it literally appears too, because that those scans that they're talking about, that's a, was that, positron electrotomography, mm-hmm. PET scans, and it just lights the brain up uh, from the inside out. It looks like a predator. <laughs> you can actually see the, the areas of the brain light up. There's a fetish for music. Oralism is defined as sexual arousal or excitement caused by sound. And that sound might be music, a voice, or the actual sounds of sex itself. Some people even get turned on by the sounds of other people having sex. True. That doesn't do much for me. I've been in situations where I overheard people having sex, and it's kind of like, I just want to get out of here. Can't yeah. remember the last time my partner said, ooh, turn up that porno. <laughs> Can't hear it. The Los Angeles Weekly did a survey of its readers. It looked at the response to sensory stimuli of music from 300 people, split between male and female. The survey revealed that both men and women said that touching was the most important act to become aroused. I really agree with that one. Uh, Touching in the right place, especially. Well, yeah. I can agree with this one, too. For men, music was the least arousing sensory stimuli in the context of sex. But men did report getting super turned on by the sounds of sex. Mm-hmm. I, As for myself, I've gauged it. I'm not really turned on by music, per se. And I'm not necessarily turned on by the sounds of sex. But when those stimuli are removed from the activity, like I'm already having sex, if there's no sound, that takes away. It detracts from my experience. I think sound helps immerse you in the experience. Right. Even if it's not at the forefront of your experience, it rounds it out. It makes Mm -hmm. it more complete. I recommend sound. I enjoy music at the beginning of sex. 
But when you're getting down to the real nitty gritty, particularly if it has any words in it, it has to go off because I'll start singing to the song and forget what I'm supposed to do. So, yeah, music is important. But for me, it's got to be instrumental. The Los Angeles Weekly study found familiar songs enable people to communicate things to each other that they might not otherwise feel comfortable saying. That's the motivation for almost all of the poetry ever written in the history of the world. And I could say for music, because it's a way to communicate things from the heart that maybe you can't verbalize. So now, what's your closing thoughts on music and sexual arousal? I would have to say that getting down while you're getting down, it's a force multiplier. Turn on some music. I think music just really enhances the situation, makes it so complete. You know what else music does? It gives you both a mutual tempo. That's true. It does. Mm -hmm. And then after sex in that ah period, that is a great time to listen to music together. Uh, If you dance together, well. So do y'all have a favorite song that makes you think of sex? Or puts you in the mood. <laughs> Half of the songs that make you think about sex these days, the, it's right in the title. <laughs> True. I have to say, when I hear Pink Floyd's Wish You Were Here. <laughs> Bill Withers' Use Me. Pink Floyd's Comfortably Numb. Yeah, Pink Floyd's got some good music for Lover. Stay tuned. Coming up next is our interview from a couple of members of the band Slow Cooked out of Austin, Texas, sharing with us their thoughts on music. And then we'll answer your questions from email. Check out our podcast at www.mixcloud.com slash nightmovesksym. Have a burning question for the hosts of Night Moves? We'll answer it on the air. Names will not be disclosed, but we'd like your gender and age range. Email your questions to nightmovesksym at gmail.com. Nightmoves, your only alternative for sex information. Welcome to Night Moves, an exploration of contemporary sexuality. I have here members of the band Slow Cooked, Alex Hartley, who plays keyboard and started the band, as well as John Rooney, plays tenor sax. Thanks so much for being on Night Moves. Thanks for having us. I would like to talk about the life of a musician, how you balance it all. As a musician, you have a big desire to express yourself, but there's so many challenges with trying to be a musician. You have to work nights and weekends. You're away a lot. Most musicians I know have to have a day job to support themselves. With those challenges, does it make relationships difficult? Most definitely. I'm blessed to be in a long-term relationship and my fiance now. uh, You know, starting out, it wasn't easy. But she's someone who was used to nine to five jobs and my job would be different every single day crazy nights, uh, being around lots of people, touring. It, it certainly isn't for everybody. But I, like I said, I'm, I'm very, very fortunate to have a very understanding fiance uh, of my schedule. Yeah, I, I'd agree. I, I think because the, the lifestyle and the hours are so different from kind of the average nine to five, um, it definitely takes someone who is particularly understanding of that. I know my, my partner, 
likes to go to bed early. Um, so sometimes she's in bed before we even start playing. And, you know, there are definitely some challenges in carving out and, and making the time to focus on a relationship. Uh, absolutely. On the other hand, a lot of ladies really love musicians. <laughs> And I'm sure that leads to a lot of temptations, particularly when you're away and touring. I guess like back when I was in college, that was more interesting to me. Like I, you know, I worked on a cruise ship for playing piano for six months before moving to Austin. But I'm, I'm lame here. I've been in a relationship since I moved to Austin. <laughs> so, How about in the past? Any issues? No, I mean, I, I definitely met people at after shows before, but never been an issue with relationships. You know, I'm, I'm here to tell you that the rumor that women are throwing themselves at musicians is a dirty lie, at least when it comes to saxophonists. <laughs> As a younger man, I certainly would have probably been thrilled had that been the case. I think, too, un unfortunately, I've always been, like, cripplingly shy. So even if people were hanging out or trying to make eyes at me, you know, I was always too much of a wuss to walk over and say anything. But on the whole, I would say music has, has really never helped me get any action of any sort. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I did meet my fiance after my show. I met her at my show. She was there as a person, uh, you know, just watching the show. And so you don't really have issue with like groupies throwing themselves at you or not so much with slow cooked. I play with other groups that are a little more uh, rambunctious sans. I played up in Idaho recently at a festival where the girls were on shoulders and throwing bras up on stage and usually not the world that I live in, but uh, it was interesting, yeah. <laughs> Since you are in a relationship, do y'all have to set up like rules between yourselves, such as whatever happens on the road stays on the road, or maybe you have rules like, no, you better not, you, you better be back in your room after the show, because I'm going to be <laughs> calling you. Well, to be honest, we just trust each other really well, and, and I think any good relationship is built on trust, and... She knows that I'm not trying to mess around. and Yeah, I, I think uh, fortunately, similarly to Alex, you know, all the relationships I've had, there's, there's definitely been an element of trust where yeah, I was always able to stay out as late as I wanted, kind of with the understanding that I thankfully am uh, able to be responsible and not do anything um, that, that would have bothered any partners. Although definitely, um, I know many, many people who, who have had trouble in relationships that have fallen apart because of issues that come up when they're on the road. It's, it's maybe a cliche story, but especially if people are on the road for a long time, you know, I think they, they especially if they're going solo, you know, something that's easy to get, easy to get a little lonely. Maybe you have a, a weak moment. And it's not necessarily that it, it means a whole lot or that your feelings for the other person don't still exist. But I think that, you know, when those situations come up, you know, I think understandably, maybe the other person's feelings get hurt and, you know, they're, they're just not in a situation where they're OK with that. Do you know of any musician couples that kind of like have to set up specific rules about who's going to play if you can cheat or, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't personally know any but i definitely have heard the stories of like all right you know it's kind of like it's your turn you know there is i think understanding where those relationships are much more open and it probably is somewhat more common in creative circles where people are open to relationships like that and uh, you know my understanding is that the key to that being successful is just really clear and candid communication and setting up kind of that understanding ahead of time because you get in trouble when you haven't done that and then things happen do you think it has anything to do with the very seductive nature of music 
I mean, I think so. You know, I, I mentioned earlier that I'm kind of a lame, pathetic wuss, but saxophone is, can be a very seductive instrument, you know, and whether that's guitar or saxophone or whatever it happens to be, you know, there, there is something sexual and sensual about music, whatever that happens to be, you know, whether it's the music itself or how it makes you feel or, um, but there's, there's definitely some, uh, some fireworks that go on when there's music being played. I mean, I'd say it's more like the, the lifestyle is glamorized. People seem to have an idea of what that music lifestyle, rock star lifestyle is on, on the road. And, and uh, I guess my experience has been quite that what I've seen in the movies. But yeah, maybe that, that's the more seductive side of... Maybe it was the 60s with the sex, drugs, rock and roll. <laughs> We're so vanilla, I guess. I, I <laughs> Back to the seductive nature of music. It was my husband that he sang and played the guitar, but he was like too shy to do it for anybody but the family. He played uh, music and sang to me, and I tell you, to have someone serenade you, that <laughs> <laughs> did it for me. I'd like to kind of speak to that scenario. I serenade my fiance all the time, write songs about her, and and I, I'm, I'm a romantic. I, a couple of the slow cook songs are written about her, and. Um, I just like to perform, and, and there's certain songs that she likes to hear that I'll play to, to lift her up or, or make her feel a certain way, and yeah. So, honey, how about playing? <laughs> uh-huh. Do you ever play music to, like, get her in the mood? No. <laughs> but sometimes she's in the mood after seeing me perform. I would say there's definitely been times where, you know, where I've played a ballad or something kind of, you know, on the smooth side to, to get a lover in the mood or, um, you know, it's even been requested. And I, I can't tell you the number of times I've fallen in love watching a beautiful woman on stage singing uh, or, or playing an instrument. So, yeah, for me, there's definitely something about it where it, it something clicks. Yeah, there's definitely a connection with the person that is playing and singing to you and the person receiving it. It's pretty special. Yeah, absolutely. What kind of music do you like to have sex to? I'm going to defer this question, John. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, gosh, uh, there's a lot, to be honest. Uh, I mean, variety. Name a couple of tunes. Variety is the spice of life. I mean, I'll, I guess instead of tunes, maybe I'll name artists. I think D'Angelo is always a go-to. Maybe cliche, but who doesn't love a little Barry White? And um, I think to, to kind of set things off, sometimes just having some jazz ballads going. I mean, how many I've seen like a million compilation albums of John Coltrane for lovers or Miles Davis for lovers. You know, there's, I mean, that music, it's 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 great. I'll go with the John Coltrane. Definitely. I think the jazz. I, I, I feel like D'Angelo. I start listening to the music too much. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't focus on listening to the music, but the jazz is great. I can tune out the music. It's been a great pleasure talking to you guys, and thank you for sharing some of your musician secrets. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> Closing thoughts? You know, for me, there's, uh, I think there's always, maybe not always, but there's an easy connection to make between music and, and sex and sexuality, and I think part of it is they're both, to me at least, so fundamental to uh, you know, my humanity and just being a person in the world and, and expressing myself and kind of feeling alive. I think I'm able to express myself through music, you know, better than with, with words at times and, and um, express how I'm feeling towards my partner with, with my music. And sometimes it, it, it fits better in music than it does in words. 
one more thought that, that came to my mind is there's something similar. I wouldn't say it's the same necessarily, but similar between the kind of the, the feelings I get when having sex in that whole, the whole thing. Um, but also there, there's been some really just phenomenally pleasurable moments playing music. It, maybe it sounds kind of weird to put it that way, but there's such a connection with something pretty primal. There's that deep connection that, that can mean so much. Thanks for being on Mind Moves. And if people want more information, you can find us at slowcooksoul.com and at slowcooksoul on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Night Moves, an exploration of contemporary sexuality. And we're talking about sex, all kinds of sex, some serious, some lighthearted. And then we answer your questions that our listeners send in from email. Coming up next, the hosts will answer emails from the listeners. Send us an email. Let us know what you think about the show. Check out our podcasts where you can listen anytime at mixedcloud.com slash nightmovesksyn. After that, we'll answer questions from listeners like you. Like us on Facebook, Night Moves Now. Please send us your questions and comments to nightmovesksym at gmail.com. Next questions and comments. Questions and comments. The question is from a female in her 40s. Why is sexuality and talking about sex so taboo? It's, it's stunning to me that a female in her 40s, and I say this without judgment, but it stuns me that a female in her 40s would be asking this question. And in an earnest attempt to answer this question honestly and not get us kicked off the air, I'm going to recommend that you find the answer, and this is where I believe it is, the true answer if you take a look at your own beliefs, the history of those beliefs, and the history of the beliefs of the people that run the nation that you live in you will find why there are taboos. I'm not a bit surprised people would ask that question because I'm kind of like shocked of all ages, people that have been married and you think they could talk about it or young people, you think they would be more open, but everyone seems to be really hung up when it comes to talking about sex, whether it's in the clinic where we should be talking about it doctors are too uptight or whether it's on a show like this well i think it's certainly shifting there are people out there who do not think it's taboo to talk about sexuality but you are talking about cultural influences that go back hundreds of years and that's what i am myself currently fighting against so the more you talk about it Start with yourself. Start with, as Michael Jackson says, the man in the mirror. And have conversations with your lovers. Have conversations with your friends. Turn the tide, and it won't be taboo anymore. So Kay says it's up to you to open the door. Agreed. 
The question is from a male in his 20s. My girlfriend thinks her breasts are getting bigger from masturbating. Is that possible? Well, my first thought is, um, number one, the female breasts swell and slightly shrink over the course of her cycle. And it's entirely possible that she wants to masturbate more during the time when her, her breasts are swelling, which would probably be in the first two weeks before ovulation. And so she's associating the two. The breasts don't stay bigger, but they can slightly enlarge during that part of the female cycle. I'd say get some good quality, high definition video of her masturbating and study it over time and maybe get some measurements as she progresses. Send us your data. Yeah, yeah, definitely send us the video. We can analyze it for you. Ray would be happy to cooperate with that. During arousal, the breasts get a little more perky, not Mm -hmm. bigger, but they kind of come to life a little bit and maybe that's what she's interpreting so it's like a built-in divining rod for some nookie yeah yeah sure the question is from a male in his 40s my girlfriend started talking about her ex whom i know right before we had sex all during the process all i could think about was her ex Sex felt awkward, and I didn't perform very well. I really care about her, so how do I put it behind me? Do I tell her to never mention him again? That makes me seem like I'm threatened by him, and I'm not. Well, you're either trying to convince yourself that you're not threatened by him, or maybe you're sexually attracted to him. I mean, you did say you couldn't stop thinking about him during sex. So what do you really mean, bro? Well, I think it's a timing issue. I don't think it's an attraction issue. It certainly is a timing issue, Kay. I just wanted to bust his chops. It's more about feeling like somebody else is blowing up your spot. You know, would would you rather she be thinking about someone else or would you rather not know what she's thinking and and it's a simple discussion to have away from sex it's like hey i noticed this this is this was my experience last time when you mentioned so and so and you know i know he's part of your history and that's perfectly fine and i'm cool with that but maybe not mention him right before we have sex please I think it's also maybe like if your mother calls you right in the middle or right when you're having sex and then you hang up the phone, but then uh, you're thinking about your mother and the problems and can't concentrate on Why who's in front of you. Why the hell would you answer the phone? No you, know, you, you, no, you know what it's like? It's like when you're when you're you're drinking something and then your buddy walks up and tells you that he just backwashed in it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bit of a damper. Right. Even if he didn't, even if he didn't, it exactly. still feels like you're drinking some seconds there. Right. Right. Or you pick up a glass, your glass that you left laying on the coffee table, and somebody goes, oh, don't drink that. The cat just drank out of it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also, you know, the the listener may have felt like, well, she was talking about her ex, so is she thinking about her ex while she's screwing me? And you want you want your partner to be fully there with you. Well, you know, and to be fair... You know, she mentioned her ex, so now you know she's thinking about her ex. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, it is fair because now you're thinking about her ex, too. 
<laughs> and it's typical for men to do this compare and despair kind of thing. Well, is she thinking about him because his dick is bigger or, you know, or he's a better lover? Where is this going? You know, every time something like that happens where we we occupy space in somebody else's <laughs> head for that, you know what I mean, period of time, and we get that rent money. That's right. <laughs> Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about sex, baby. Have a burning question for the hosts of Night Moves? We'll answer it on air. Names will not be disclosed, but we like your gender and age range. Email your questions to nightmovesksym at gmail.com. Catch up on past episodes on Mixcloud.com slash KSYM. Like us on Facebook, Night Moves Now. Working on mysteries without any clues. Good night, and I hope you find yourself in bed with a book you love or someone who's already read one. Hey, y'all, have a great night. Don't do anything I wouldn't do, but if you're going to do it, do it safe. Good night. Have a fabulous week and tune in next week to Night Moves. Exploration of contemporary sexuality. You're listening to Night Moves, Exploration of Contemporary Sexuality. I wonder how many times you had sex in. Wander around.